0: Hello, and welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights, the show where we ask SaaS founders, CEOs, marketers, and investors about the lessons they've learned in their quest to grow their companies. My name is Paul Stevenson, and I'm founder and CEO of SaaS marketing agency 47 Insights. On today's show, I have an interview with David Horn, co-founder at CrewPay. Hope you enjoy it. So, David Horn, co-founder at uh, CrewPay, uh, welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights. Oh, thanks, Paul. I appreciate you having me, and and uh, it's an honor to to talk with you. So, uh, it's a um, a lovely, lovely sunny afternoon. It's a Sunday uh, here in Victoria. Uh, tell us where you're uh, calling in from.
1: Yep. So, uh, I'm in uh, on the east coast of the of the US in a place called Greensboro, North Carolina. So, kind of. Uh, middle of the state, um, in between Raleigh and Charlotte. If uh,
0: if people are familiar with those two bigger cities, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. So um, let's let's go into a bit of detail about Croupe and and how you uh, you know got into SAS because I think your uh, background is a little bit like mine. Uh, you started out uh, in services, you're still doing services to some degree. But uh, along the journey, you've, you've spun off uh, a number of different uh, SaaS businesses, and I think the one we're going to focus on today is is, is CrewPay. But uh, so, how far does this journey with SaaS go for you? You know, when when did you get started? I think I launched I launched my first SaaS product in around
1: 2010, uh, 2000, yeah, from 2010 to 2012. I had a it was basically a subscription box service, but we built a SaaS um, product behind that um, to manage the subscriptions and the memberships and then eventually kind of white label that and had folks use it to power their own kind of subscription boxes. So that was kind of one of the first forays and then uh, ended up um, uh, having a couple after that and, and most recently with Group A. So I've had... Varying degrees of of success. I've had a I had a Google Analytics SaaS product called Catch that filtered, automated the filtering of referral spam when that was a big issue. Oh yeah, came less of an issue, so it was less marketable. But we had you know, a handful of customers, and then uh, you know I had Fanpack that I, I mentioned, um, and then uh, uh, Golf Monocle. I have a golf background, so we had kind of a marketing automation off product there for a little bit so I've, I've dabbled in SaaS, uh you know as a as someone that has been uh you know looking for that uh diversification from services yeah and, uh,
0: but yeah great so um i think the one that we were going to talk about uh today is is something called crew pay uh, yeah. i've not come across it before so uh you know what, what is crew pay how does it work
1: Yeah. So we uh, we just launched, um, you know, the last couple weeks. So um, it's a a platform, a a software as a service to help small businesses manage and pay their 1099 contractors or independent contractors. So this was uh, very much a scratch your own itch, uh, you know, product came out of that. Um, you know, as a in the services side, as I'm sure you do, I pay contractors a lot. I don't have a huge staff, uh, honestly, and there was no simple way to do that. Um, you know, you could do online banking or online bill pay, which was somewhat clunky, and then your you know payroll and HR software was just too feature rich for what we were looking for. So um, uh, we built you know a simple tool that just handles the 1099 payments, we had used a tool, uh, a software called payable that was around a few years ago and they were acquired and then shut down. And so <laughs> I, uh, I did some, uh, uh some stalking on, on Twitter and, and online and found, uh, old payable customers. And I said, well, what are y'all going to use now that payable's closed? I'm looking for a tool and no one really had a, had a set answer. So we decided to, to build one. And uh, that's kind of how that that started. So we're, we're, you know, we've been using it for a little bit internally as we've uh, kind of been our own alpha and beta
0: group. And then, uh, you know, just kind of launched it publicly this spring. Fantastic. So you're a co-founder. How many other people are involved with that project? There's uh, three other uh, co-founder
1: or groups. So, I have a development partner I work with a lot that has a similar model to us, which we affectionately call like an Avengers model or a Hollywood model. They pay a lot of contractors. I pay a lot of contractors. And, and so uh, we decided to, to join forces to, to launch this with um, one of our other friends that's in, uh, in Canada, actually. and They're all the way on the other side in Moncton. But oh, yeah. Blaze Studios, a guy named Jason Levine. And, and then Augusto and, uh, Digital is the other partner group. So uh, it was kind of those three founders of those three companies, services companies, came together to launch Group A.
0: Wow, so uh, yeah, that's uh, scratching three itches at once. Yeah, <laughs> all the same itch. All yeah. Same. We're all scratching each other's backs. So uh, tell me how you're going about uh, marketing it. Yeah, so
1: um, we are, uh, initially had just done, some customer discovery like i said around finding people that had used a similar tool and doing some direct outreach um, and you know now that we're launching uh kind of using a little bit of like a, a lean um approach like you would read in say the traction book or something like that where we have a couple of different channels we're testing um to uh, you know see where we can get some some play and then uh and and you know, we'll double down on the ones that are working. So we're trying, you know, our first kind of experimentation, we looked at our resources and um, our expertise, and, you know, we've got a uh, you know, little bit of content that we'll be doing some some content marketing and uh, some webinars with um, like a small business attorneys and accountants and things like that that we have relationships with to just provide value to the, the customer base and look for that to, for lead acquisition and then, um, uh, you know some nurturing campaigns from there, and then we'll we'll probably sprinkle in some paid and um and, and that'll be kind of our first uh, first uh phase or cycle i guess of marketing and then we'll test some others we've got a couple of conferences we're looking at um, maybe trying that and then um, uh, uh, um, you know more some more direct outreach i mean I've found in marketing saAS products you know uh, kind of a multi-channel approach, but there's always seems like if you always have some direct outreach in addition to your other pieces, if you can do it, you uh, you get you get some good um, you know bumps there. I, I read or I, you think about like you hear those stories of like Nathan, uh, um, Barrett, uh, ConvertKit, and how you know they kind of got started, and um, you know other SaaS products like that, and it seems like there's kind of that underlying. Uh, piece of uh, of some kind of roll up your sleeves and do some work as well as some of the you know cooler things like uh content and and paid
0: yeah there's no substitute for hard work is there mm, so, no. so with the, the the sas uh products that you've had and launched in the past have you always found that outreach has been a like a key element to bootstrap these things and, and get them started
1: yeah, I well, I think um I, I've definitely leaned on it more recently, you know, in the last few years. I think in the beginning I tried, you know, just to to do all the the sexy um stuff that is great if you have an audience, but if you're starting to build one, it's um it's a little slower. So I find that the outreach kind of helps as a, a stopgap as you're starting to build momentum in the other channels. Um and I think you know, talking to people and Kind of pitching them a little bit and and obviously it's not scalable necessarily but by doing that process you get to talk with the potential customers learn kind of objection you know learn about objections that they might be having or big challenges they're having so almost look at it as a little bit of um you know user research as well um because if they say no you know and they're not interested i'd like to know why and if they say yes i'd like to know why so that we can continue to to make the product better and and to um uh just be as high touch as we can in, in the beginning and I, I think that outreach kind of helps you do that while also acquiring customers and then use the what you learn on those calls and that in those emails to inform you know content marketing or you know, social or paid or you know other things that you uh might be looking to explore
0: yeah there's uh, there's a hell of a lot of value in those conversations and it's a uh... It amazes me how people, uh, you know, start SaaS businesses and and don't seem to have a, a lot of conversations with people, and they just put it out there and you know build it and they will come. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Just, just go and put it straight on Product Hunt. <laughs> you know? Right, right. That's that's uh, all you have to do. Just
1: build it and put it on Product Hunt. Right. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, and I too, I think the conversations. Um, what we've seen or what we found is people will still go to your website and still might be able to get into some sort of, you know, conversion funnel. You know, they're cold traffic when they get them. If they're, they might even be warmer, warmer traffic if they get there via conversation. And then if you're able to, um, you know, use a lead magnet or something like that to capture them or re, you know, retarget them uh, through some paid uh, also, then um, that uh, kind of helps um, compound your efforts. Sure. So, so sure. trying to use as much smart uh make it as smart as
0: possible, I guess. Absolutely. And, and make it as uh cost effective as possible. <laughs> right, right. In the beginning. Yeah. So uh, so what's the competition look like in in that space? Yeah, so there's um there's
1: a, a little bit of conversation, uh, competition. I think uh Stripe Atlas has some um tools for uh contractors. Um you know, you're Payroll software like uh, Gusto and, um, you know, Wave Accounting and some of those also will offer uh, contractor payments in addition to a bunch of other things, payroll and time off and all that kind of stuff. But what we found with our, you know, initial customers is they don't need, you know, it's typically an LLC that has a single founder or two founders. They manage a, a handful of contractors. They don't run payroll and have, you know, a bunch of uh need for benefits and holiday track time off tracking and all that. They just need something to know, all right, how many people do I owe? How much do I owe them? And how can I pay them quickly?
0: Yeah, so I guess what you're saying is that there's this sort of sweet spot uh where, you know, kind of Goldilocks size where there's a lot of solutions out there that uh have what you offer as part of a uh, much more uh comprehensive uh, mm-hmm. platform. And then there's, you know, there's, there's you guys where, hey, we just, you know, you wanted to not uh, crack nuts. We made you a, a nutcracker. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. we So, our thinking, and and this has been um, my, you know, uh, through learning with, with starting SaaS businesses, is I want to take a, a vertical slice of a problem. If I could solve one yeah. problem from end to end, you know, I feel like you have a much better chance of success than trying to solve. A, a broader, yeah, you know, group of problems, but maybe not the full uh, the full cycle of that problem. So, sure. with crew pay, you know, we just said what is difficult and cha- and um, frustrating about paying ten ninety nine contractors, and so we tried to take that off the table for um, for our customers. So we just, we're talking with the uh, we have a, a customer that's getting on boarded that's in um, kind of healthcare education solo kind of founder just eight customers or eight contractors that she pays on a monthly basis and she's just been writing check i mean here it's 2019 she you know, still <laughs> she either writes checks or does it through uh quickbooks which still sends a check i hate you um, so much yeah and and her that was one of you know some of her contractors when she met with them and said what is the the number one uh thing we could do this year they said direct deposit so yeah. so um you know so it's just kind of solving that and then in um kind of mid-summer we'll be launching out like a done for you ten nine, like the w9 1099 service so you know handling like the triggers of when you need to have a, a w9 for a uh, a contractor and you know there's compliance issues around that in the u.s where you, you know, get pretty hard if you don't you know file those on time and and, and send those to your contractors so we'll have a service uh, with the or i mean part of the product that kind of handles that for them
0: yeah and you know what's your what's your pricing like what uh, what you know what's the range Where does it start from yeah so um we're uh, we're going to be experimenting
1: with uh prices, <laughs> but, but the initial uh what we've we're able to kind of Get through our initial beta launch was um similar to like a if you use Slack, a Slack model yeah. where you pay per active contractor. So if a contractor's been paid within 30 days on a running cycle, you know, it's five dollars per month per contractor and then um, just 49 cents per transaction. So we're not doing a percentage of transaction, it's just a mm-hmm. flat fee. Send them, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or ten dollars, it's going to be
0: the mm-hmm. It's going to be the same. So sounds great. So yeah. you uh, you juggle a, a few balls at one time, don't you? Because you've got uh, another um, SaaS business or SaaS service business mm-hmm. called Loft that you're a, mm-hmm. a co-founder and the CEO of. Then mm-hmm. you also have a, a marketing agency called uh, or collective, I think you call it called mm-hmm. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's three things. Uh, how do you manage all of that?
1: Uh, best I can. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, I try to, um, as much as possible, have theme days, uh, for certain blocks of time. Um, and this is a constantly evolving, uh, uh, experimentation of productivity, if that's the right word, but, you know, I try different things to be able to block out time. Uh, dedicated to each of those um, on a regular basis. So basically from, you know, from when I wake up till about 10 o'clock in the morning is like priority work time. Mm-hmm. So as I'm planning my week, some days or some weeks, it might be more pay heavy and others it might be loft heavy. And then, and then also from basically four to close, four to you know, five 36 or whatever, um, I have kind of priority work also right Mm -hmm. so outside of that uh that 10 to 3 time or 10 to 4 time is when the uh, like other people can have control of my time and ask for meetings and all that and then the rest of the uh the time i'm trying to to focus on one of one or multiple of these and so i will say you know as someone that's kind of have flown solo with honestly i don't have any partners or anything there um with crew pay and loft you know having um, a team of, you know, co founders and some other folks uh has been yeah, super helpful. I mean, they're I'm the least qualified to do anything in any of those businesses. <laughs> I have much smarter people that are <laughs> uh partners in, in crew pay and loft. I think that's one of the things I've learned and honestly is um if you're not if you're the the dumbest, hang out. Hang smart, out. dumbest yeah if you're the dumbest <laughs> person in the room, everything's gonna be
0: okay. <laughs> I'm sure you're not i'm sure you're not <laughs> sometimes it feels like it I know that feeling well especially- especially if you're dealing with you know very technical people very technical mm-hmm. subjects you mm-hmm. can feel a bit uh a bit out of your league sometimes and uh I'm just thinking you know is there anything that in you in your past life as a as a ex pro golfer that you prepared <laughs> for any of this uh i think so i mean um
1: with any uh pursuit of something like that you know whether it's business or or sports or music or something the um you know the ability to kind of focus at times I think I learned through you know through playing you know professional golf you had to had to work hard and work smart and be disciplined to do things even when you didn't feel like it and and um you know, I think that that's carried through. Uh, also I think, um, golf is one of those sports. Uh, there's a couple of things. One, the, uh, social aspect, you know, playing golf and playing with people, you could come from so many different backgrounds, but it gives you kind of some common ground to, to work off of and a shared experiences to kind of relate to people. I think that was helpful. And then two, um, you, you know, you're, uh, well, I guess there's three things now that we're talking about it, or a couple of things. So number two would be, um, in in golf, like you, it's there's really there's no way to be perfect. Like no one shoots 18, mm. right? And so the kind of continual improvement and trying to get a little bit better, um, I think, is has carried through in the business. Is kind of how can I move a little bit forward today um and then the last part i would say is you know in golf uh, unlike a lot of sports even when you're competing against others you're all competing against the course you're not really i'm not really competing against you i'm competing against the course and my ability now granted match play is different but i'm saying in general you know you're playing against the course you're playing against the course and so there's kind of this friendly competition and so i think in business that's really translated into um you know not feeling like there's uh scarcity, like there's only a certain amount of customers and a certain amount of thing that if, you know, you win, it means I have to lose, but we can, you know, figure out how to collaborate and and work on things together and and we mutually benefit, you know be mutually beneficial.
0: Wow, that's uh that that's a lot more um profound than I thought it was gonna be.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really like that. Um Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all playing against the course and we should all uh, help each other out. Right. <laughs> David Horn. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. Really uh, great to speak to you and hear about Croupé uh, uh, yeah. and uh, everything else that you're doing. And right. um, yeah, it'd be great to uh, meet you for real soon. <laughs> yeah, we should, uh, we'll, have, we'll have to,
1: uh, at least in the warmer months, I'll, I'll have no trouble coming out there. <laughs> my, you know being in north carolina it, just, it, it feels like it, it snow there it snows there all the time <laughs> okay uh, thanks a lot david i really yep, appreciate it thank you Bye. keep up the great work
0: i hope you enjoyed my conversation with david for more info on crew pay please visit paywithcrew.com for more info about this show and to get our links to itunes google play soundcloud stitcher and youtube check out www.47insights.com. And if you have any SaaS marketing insights that you'd like to share on the show, please get in touch. Until next time.